Hello everyone and welcome back to the Grown Folks podcast. Today's episode will be a segment from the Get Your Money Up series where we talk about all things entrepreneurship, um, business, financial literacy and the like. And I'm joined by a special guest today, so it won't just be my voice you're hearing. Um, fellow grown folk in the building is... Ruben Apollo. There we go. Um, you know the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that aren't familiar with my podcast or my YouTube channel, um, Ruben is my brother. Uh, if you follow me on socials, you'll probably have seen him either in one of my videos or in my stories. It probably will be a social event and <laughs> something along those lines. But today we're being a bit more serious. We're talking business and specifically we are talking black owned business. Amen. So, yeah, so I'm going to be interviewing Ruben um, all about his brands um, that he runs and, you know, just getting a bit of an insight into what it is to start up a brand slash business as a you know black male in the number of spaces that he occupies and just getting the tea from him but before i do that i will let him introduce himself okay so as you heard my name is ruben apollo um i am a i can still say i'm a what what is it newly graduate yeah when did you you i graduated september so okay yeah. yeah 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 i just finished uni last year and you know i've just been finding my way in the real world um you may previously know me as chica lad next door but <laughs> that's well and truly gone you know i've grown up now so you know real life hit and i had to become a real life character so i go by apollo now if you want to know and um yeah i just you know like not just said i've got a brand clothing brand called apollo noir um which we'll get into uh, I do graphic design, um, events, other stuff, but we'll get into all that. Awesome. Thank you for introducing yourself to the people. And, um, you know, just something to you know keep in mind for housekeeping purposes. It's no dream on this channel, not no dream. Oh, <laughs> so we have this sorry, little sorry. ongoing... We've got to keep it corporate around <laughs> You know, here. if we're doing the brand thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, little banter we have. Um but yeah, so I guess if we just get into the chat, mm-hmm. um, so obviously you haven't always been, well, you actually, you've always had quite an entrepreneurial mind. Yeah. Um, you know, this kind of takes me back to the days where, you know, you've, you, well, you've always been quite frugal and quite money minded. Mm. And it takes me back to the times where you used to, on our birthdays, wrap up <laughs> books oh. from the book cupboard that my mum had and give them to us as presents. Yeah. So you've always been very enterprising, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, but you've really put your money where your mouth is mm. in the last few years, particularly last couple of years particularly. Yeah. And built some brands pretty much from the ground up. Mm. So let's talk about your why. What was your motivation to transition from I guess being you kind of started out as an online personality. Yeah. And then you sort of transitioned your brand to mm. be a bit more of a mature, um, you know, young graduate type vibe. Yeah. And then moved into sort of the business space. So what were your motivations? And yeah, talk to me about how it all began. Okay. So um, uh, I started out, obviously, as the online personality, Cheeky Dad Next Door. 
which at the time was me. It was, you know, at the time I was, I was just a uni student, young lad, just trying to have fun. That's, you know, that was the brand in itself, you know, the lad, cheeky lad. <laughs> and I literally lived by it. But um, I think where it all changed was um, it was when I started to, I started to realise I was now just creating videos for the sake of, views and numbers like my method was working everything was working but the videos i were i was creating they weren't for me the content wasn't me you know and i started to realize that there was there was no passion for it i didn't enjoy it and you know you can you can keep that up for so long and just be happy with the numbers but it gets to a point where it's like these people that you're reaching that you're connecting to you're not even connecting to them it's mm -hmm. just another number so it doesn't matter how much it is it doesn't fill you with anything mm -hmm. it's just numbers on the screen and um and let's talk about those numbers like yeah what let's talk numbers what numbers or views or okay how, what was your reach back <laughs> then important people need yeah. to know i mean yeah i mean yeah it sounds like i was a bit of a joke man but i still you know i was still smart back then i had a method so like some of my videos, I had like two that hit a million. Um, I had quite a few that were between two hundred and fifty k and five hundred k views. Mm. Um, and that was just on YouTube. Like I was hitting millions on Facebook as well, like easily. And this um, was just you starting from scratch. So yeah. you didn't have a following or an no. audience before. You just took an idea. Yeah. And it kind of took off. Yeah, literally, just took the idea of. It was literally based around YouTube. In fact, before I started it, um, I sat down with you. I don't even think mm. you remember this. I sat down with you around Christmas time. Mm -hmm. It was the Christmas before I started YouTube. And I was just like, you know what? I want something more. Like, I want to be doing more mm. than just going to uni. I need something for myself. And, um, yeah, I just came up with a list of things. And one of them was YouTube. And from there, I jotted down. The reason why I say this is because you'll come to realise the note section in my phone is very important to all my success. <laughs> so that's where it started um, in my note section. I just said, let me put out some content around what's going on in my life. And mm -hmm. before I went off to uni, I tried to look up uni videos, advice. There wasn't anything out there. Now that's all you will see. Mm -hmm. uh, not to toot my own horn, but I really started that. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I really started the uni advice thing. But um, yeah, so... Started out like that, but then I got to a point where, like I said, the numbers, it didn't mean nothing. Like, I wasn't even really communicating with the people in the comments. So, like, you get loads of comments. I'm not commenting back because mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, this is great. This is so funny, whatever. But it, it didn't mean nothing to me. And I think as I was maturing and I was starting to understand there's more to life than just, you know, banter. <laughs> even though that's, that's still me. Yeah. But there was more to it and... Um, I like like you said, I had always been business orientated. I can even remember as far back as we went to Uganda. I think this was the second time we went to Uganda mm. and we met um one of um our mum's friends and mm. they own a hotel out there. Mm. So then we went to their house and the house was it was wicked. <laughs> the house was huge, yeah. mansion, pool, everything. Mm. And I'm like ten, eleven here. I was like, this is wicked. So I came back to England. I had a book that my dad had given me. And I said, right, I want to open a hotel. So I started planning for my hotel. <laughs> yeah. It was called Diamond Hotel. And I was just, I was just writing everything down, plotting. Then I said, okay, this is great. 
now I need a business meeting. So I said <laughs> to my mum, I want to go to Uganda with you next. I went to Uganda with her, had a business meeting with um, her friend, literally stayed at the house. Yeah. We had a proper meeting. Oh, All now I'm like it. 14, 15. I've <laughs> yeah. got my book here. <laughs> right, right. So what do I need? Yeah. What, what am I missing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that's that's just young me. Like mm. I loved I loved business back then and from young I had an I had a pretty good understanding of money, just in a sense of I was very sensible with it. Mm. So for me, yeah. I would was... even say you were the other end of extreme of the extremes. I wouldn't even say you were just mm. sensible with it. You were just very you're not a spender yeah yeah like yeah yeah exactly my mom always says i'm too mean to myself because like i don't treat myself i don't spend on myself Mm. but it's because my thought process is always okay i've made a good amount of money you know i can go out and treat myself or i can use that same money invest it and make more money yeah and save it and that's just the way that i've always been i've always been very strict with money and i've always seen money as a tool to make more money rather than to get things out of life which it has its good and its bad points mm. yeah so let's go back to uh uni days youtube mm. times because i remember there was a a time period probably towards your third year if not in your third year, yeah. year um where you took a break from yeah youtube um, and from what I recall, it was mm. kind of like more of a let me get myself in check yeah, type yeah. break. But after that was when I sort of started to see, you know, your mm. you thinking about evolving your brand. Yeah. So what was how helpful was that for you, mm. or was it just a necessary thing you needed to do to focus on uni or whatever? Okay, so um, it started actually right. It started before third year, so it started on my placement year. Mm. So I went on a placement year. I worked for um, the Wall of Comedy, which is like a social media slash, um, you know, they, they do a lot of social media content and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're big on YouTube. You probably know Young Philly Chunks. They work with those kind of people. Mm-hmm. So I was um, around all those people, big content creators now. Um, and I started to realise I was looking at them and I was looking at the passion they had for creating content and creating videos and this was these these were the circles that in my comments people said you need to do a video with young philly you know you you remind me of him mm. you know you're on the same level and when i was around them i was like i see the love that they have for it and i just did not have that passion anymore to create that kind of content like mm. content that makes people laugh not to say that i don't want to make people laugh but you know it's so it's very restricted and very, you know, there's a, there's a certain template. Yeah, and like a formula. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I had the formula, but all it was was a template. It wasn't me. And I, 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 I realised that. And then I said to myself, do you know what? I'm lying to myself here, trying to even continue this. I said, let me just take a break. So for the rest of um, my placement year, I stopped doing YouTube and as at first I was worried it because I was like, you know, when when things are going well mm. and you have a formula and it's working, you know, if you stop, you can lose that momentum. Mm-hmm. And so that's what was keeping me going. It wasn't because of the love of it. Mm. It was the momentum that I didn't want to lose. And I thought, OK, I might lose my following. I might lose my platform, my foundation, everything that I've worked for. Mm-hmm. But I just said the battle I was having in my head where it was like, this was all forced and it wasn't bringing me no joy it was just extra work that Mm. was not necessary 
I just said to myself, right, let me take the break. So I finally managed to do it. And at first, I, w- I was thinking in the back of my head, oh, people are wondering where I am. I was getting messages. Mm. But then I got to a place of peace that I hadn't been at in so long, mm. where it was just like, do you know what? I'm now getting my life back. And I, I literally said... I'm living my life now. Because mm-hmm. before I was living for what everyone else wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. But I was now living my life. And I realised, I just want to chill. Like, mm. And for a, most of my life, I haven't been the type of person to just chill. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always had something that I want to be doing. But at that point, I actually didn't want to do anything. And that's when I realised that being in that position was very toxic. Mm. Because it felt so good to do nothing. And so, yeah, so then I chilled and then I said, you know what, when I go into third year, let me just be a student because mm. I hadn't actually been just a student that just worked. So I said, let me just be a student. Let me be content with being at uni, going out with my friends and studying. This was final year. You yeah, mean, this is now final year. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Oh, so this would be fourth year. Yeah. 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 yeah so final year. Mm. So, um, yeah, I got to final year mm-hmm. and... I just started studying, really, you know, taking an interest in marketing because obviously that's the degree I did. But starting to, obviously, you do your dissertation and you start to hone in on what direction you want to go down. Um, Shall I just... Um, well, let's pause there for a second because yeah. I wanted to go back to um, YouTube because mm-hmm. numbers, people love numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're comfortable talking about it... yeah. Because I think people need to know what you walked away from or what you took a break from. Okay, yeah. So, you know, you spoke about videos doing mm. two million, a yeah. million, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of mm. views. Um, obviously, or for those that don't know, YouTube mm. pays its content creators. Um, they give them a share of the revenue they make from the ads that they yeah. put on people's videos. Um, so you get paid through a program called Google AdSense. Mm. Um, so... For a video, you know, for videos like that that are churning over on your t- on your channel, yeah, what was a good month, or for like what was a good YouTube yeah. AdSense payday? So you get um, paid monthly. Yeah, I think YouTube. my my best one, which came in second year when it first when it started to kick off, mm. when you know there was that chain effect, like mm-hmm. well, you know it started to kick off. I think I got about just under, no, just over two k. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. So that's just two thousand dollars, yeah. people. So as a uni student, yeah, as a exactly <laughs> as a uni student, that's mm. a lot to walk away from. Yeah. But I guess for you, it was about the bigger picture. It was about yeah. being true to yourself mm-hmm. as a creator and as a person. Yeah. And taking some time out to to refresh. Yeah, definitely to refresh. That's what I needed to do more than anything. And yeah. to be fair, it was like, it's crazy that I did it because. When I when I got that paycheck, it was like right. I then invested in. I bought a Mac. Mm-hmm. You know, I I treated myself a little bit. I got speakers, got a TV, mm. and um, I had a proper uni setup. And it was like right. You know what? If this is what's coming in every month, this is this could be a great life. Obviously, it wasn't. That was the best month yeah. that I had. So yeah. it's not gonna be like it wasn't like that every month. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it just got to a point where I was like. Okay, I'm making all this money and me being me again, there's only so much I can treat myself. So the value of money, if it's not coming from a place of joy for me, it doesn't mean anything mm, mm. because I can't spend it and get happiness from it. Yeah, well, not sustained yeah, happiness. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. It only lasts so long. I get happiness from 
and I'm going to put this out there mm. and we'll definitely talk about it. But I actually get happiness from the process of making money, mm. not actually having money. And back then, I didn't know that. And it's only until what we will talk about later that I realised, okay. But, okay. Yeah. okay, love that. Yeah. So let's fast forward again back mm-hmm. to um, your final year. Yep. You're looking into you know life after uni, yeah. what to do career-wise, because um, obviously you haven't always been a full-time entrepreneur which yeah. we can call you that now yeah um what so why marketing or digital marketing specifically what then why did i pick the degree yeah and then talk us through your journey from there mm. to your first role okay and um yeah all right so <laughs> why i picked digital marketing funny enough when i was first applying to uni I was actually applying for like a business degree. So mm-hmm. I wanted to do like business or business and accounting and stuff like that. You know, the, the standard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to do that. And then um, I actually got held back a year. So then I was like, right. So I got held back a year and it gave me more time to think. And I started looking into the actual degree. Mm-hmm. And I realised a lot of it, I can either figure out myself mm. in terms of business especially. Mm. And... Um, and accounting yeah of course it's a lot more complicated than just you know being good with money but i'm Mm. good with money so i wasn't gaining much from it and i at the time i was also very creative Mm. like i've always been very creative and so you were doing marketing so Mm. i asked you a bit about what it's about Mm -hmm. and then i started to do my own research and i realized like marketing is like the creative side of business Mm -hmm. and to me bringing creativity and business together it just seemed like the right match for me Mm -hmm. and it was a broad like um it was a broad degree so you'll get into a bit of everything anyways Mm -hmm. like you're not too pinned in somewhere so I said cool let me pick marketing so I picked it wasn't what I expected (laughs) I'll be honest it wasn't the creative that I expected that was probably about two modules that were right up my street on the whole thing. Um, I'm not much of a writer, I'm not much of a reader, and I'll be real, marketing has a lot of research, writing mm. and reading to do with it. Mm-hmm. And those were my those are my weak points, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um the degree on a whole, um, I don't regret it because I couldn't really see any other degree that would fit me as well as it did. It mm. taught me a lot, mm. which is good because it brought me out of my out of my comfort zone but then at the same time I was still able to flex my muscles here and there like like I said the modules that were fit for me like it was very clear to uh, my um what do they call them my lecturers Mm. that okay you got something here yeah yeah so it was good to have that as well but um yeah third year now um this is where you pick your dissertation and this is where everything started to come together for me Mm. so my dissertation, I picked it around um, social media um, marketing and like influencer marketing and all of that, which mm-hmm. is up and coming. That's funny because my dissertation was mm. on Facebook marketing oh. for confectionery brands. Yeah. And that was back in 2009 mm-hmm. when social media hadn't even really hadn't taken even, off like that. Yeah, I don't even think off. Instagram was around then. It probably wasn't, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, it was a while back. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah so i did it around that but i did it obviously to do with um uh clothing brands and before we even get into that Mm. so i had a brand before called nocturnal london Ah, which was um a clothing brand but it was catered towards 
um, students, mm. hence the word nocturnal students, you know, nightlife, it all connects. And did you launch that off the back of your success and yeah. audience from your YouTube channel? Yeah, so yeah. the YouTube channel was definitely the foundation that I had been missing mm. to really launch all my business ideas and whatnot. So everything mm-hmm. that I, you know, had always thought about doing. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, I'd never thought about doing clothing, but... yeah. At the time, when you looked at YouTubers who were doing well, they brought out merchandise, yeah. you know? All celebrities, they bring out merchandise. But mine, I wanted to be not merchandise to do with me as a YouTuber, mm. but to do with my audience. So mm. I used my audience, which was students. I was making uni videos. So, like... So why nocturnal? Just out of curiosity. Okay, so, yeah. So basically, name, yeah. yeah, uni students, as we know... The sleeping patterns are a mess. We're always going out at night, nightlife, you know, sleeping during the day. And um, nocturnal animals are animals that, you know, they're awake during the night and whatnot. And then they sleep during the day like owls. So the logo was even an owl. It all just connected. Like, Mm. and at the time I wasn't even, even though I did it on purpose, it's not like I sat down and it was deep thought. But it's just, I've always had a knack of, managing to just connect things and making them make sense and so yeah it all just came together and it made sense it did well and so along with the youtube stuff i was making money off the brand as well so yeah there was a lot of money coming in at uni i'm not gonna lie there was a lot of money and funny enough even when i stopped the youtube nocturnal london carried on okay so that was a big sign as well there was no negativity i was getting from nocturnal london like no Mm. negative feeling Mm. within me i was enjoying that even though it was a lot more work than just sitting in front of a camera Mm -hmm. which says a lot Mm. but yeah so then i sold that brand Mm -hmm. so i sold nocturnal london to a local um he knew a guy that actually has a shop in bournemouth Mm. And so they wanted the brand, so I sold... I didn't even know this, actually. Yeah, yeah. so I sold the brand, mm-hmm. and then they said they still wanted to keep me on. They wanted to work with me because, obviously, I kind of had that understanding of whatnot. Mm. And they said, what did they say? They needed help to basically branch out mm-hmm. and rebrand it so that it's not so specific to students. Mm-hmm. So then I based my whole dissertation around that. Mm. So, yeah, so I based it on basically using... um. What is it? It was something to do with using lifestyle marketing. Mm-hmm. Can lifestyle marketing basically um, rebrand uh, a company or a brand or a business mm-hmm. and up its value okay. without changing the actual products? Okay. Yeah, so that's what the whole dissertation was around. Mm. And so I went through that, did the dissertation, got a 2 1 in the dissertation. We mm-hmm. love to see it. it love yeah. Stuff. And um, it, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And during my third year, whilst I was doing my dissertation, I was also using all this information and knowledge to start working on Apollo Noir, which is the brand I have now. So I was working on it for a whole year without actually launching it, just thinking about what route am I going to go down, researching into the types of brands that I want to be aligned with, how am I going to align myself, and yeah, all of that. So before we get there, Mm because we're definitely going to go there, Yeah. Um, let's talk about the process of building a brand and mm. then selling it on. Okay. Um, so now, obviously, it, will, it, might, it might differ slightly at different um, different scales, different yeah. like business sizes or whatever, but um, how did you even 
think that oh this is something that I could potentially sell on or did mm. they come to you with the yeah. with the proposal to buy the brand mm. from you and how does that work okay um in terms of the pass over yeah so um basically um I was I had kind of started putting out little bits of Apollo Noir mm-hmm. my new brand mm. and then obviously the guy who I who you know I knew the local mm. He saw and he was like, oh, um, you're starting this new brand. What about Nocturnal London? Mm. And um, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of just going to stop doing that one. So I had no intention of selling it or anything. Mm. But then he was like, oh, no, it's actually a really good brand. Um, And then he was like, okay, he said to me, can I get a couple jumpers and T-shirts? So I was like, "Um, yeah, yeah, you can. So he bought them and then he was like, yeah, I've got um, a friend that wants to see them. So... I was like, okay. So he showed him to the friend, and then um, it was actually it's her dad's store. Mm. So he owns the store, but she was like, yeah, she's interested in taking on the brand, like mm-hmm. buying it and everything. And I was just like, to me, I would have let it go for free. I would have been yeah. like, you can have it because you know, mm. there's I'm not gonna do anything with it. And if it then goes on to flourish, it'd be nice to know, you know, I started that. Mm. But um, he was just like, yeah, let me negotiate it all. So he kind of negotiated everything for me. And mm-hmm. um, like I was going into it and I would have been happy with, you know, £100. <laughs> if I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah. I would have been. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, you're a student. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was a student and mm. this is third year. I wasn't working. So mm. any cash is good cash. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But he negotiated it, you know. Um, you don't have to give the figures. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to give figures. But you but... Can give a how many figures. It was it was it was four figures. Okay. Yeah, it was four figures mm-hmm. I got from it, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it was just it was a simple just a, a bank transfer really. Yeah. Did you uh, have to like hand over like designs? Yeah, yeah. I handed stuff? over all the designs, logos, everything. Contacts everything that or I'd did done. Already... Um. Yeah, like my suppliers, mm-hmm. manufacturers, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. And obviously, I was helping them still, anyways. Okay. Yeah. So I was still connected with them. So I was almost, you know, working within the business, anyways. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just did the handover. I think that is a very simplified handover. Like, mm. if you're really selling a brand, yeah. that's not the way it will normally work. Yeah. But where I was in a position where I, honestly, I didn't want it. Mm. And it'd be better off with someone who wants to at least try something with it. Mm-hmm. I was happy to take anything. So, yeah, that's that's how that kind of got handed over. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, that's news to me. So, oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then... Um, so you finish, so you're doing uh, little mock-ups and designs and stuff mm-hmm. for Apollo Noir. Um, let's talk about, uh, and obviously when you graduated yeah. uni, um, you know, I don't want to spoiler, spoiler alert it, but, mm. um, you know, you obviously got a job in digital marketing. Yeah. Um, but before that, you were obviously doing designs, doing graphic yeah. design. So mm. talk to me about how that came about, because obviously I think you did. Art, either at yeah, I did art at GCSE, form or GCSE and then six form graphics. Yeah, so yeah. talk talk about that because obviously that's a part of one yeah. of the um, one of your okay, yeah. Streams, so so yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I did art. I've always been a drawer and whatnot, so I did art during GCSEs and whatnot. I was good at that. Um, I did graphics as well at GCSE and at A levels, mm-hmm. but I didn't learn any of that artistic side in school in fact 
I learned it in the weirdest way, which was one of the negative parts of my life, mm. which was I was a bit of a Call of Duty addict, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, my parents weren't happy about that. Yeah, none of your siblings were yeah, either. <laughs> that's also probably why I had to redo sixth form. <laughs> <laughs> but it had its silver lining. So mm. um, through Call of Duty, I almost became, there's like a community, so like a YouTube community. So I was doing YouTube in Call of Duty days, but not big or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a community and they we did things called montages where mm-hmm. we put together game clips and make like basically mini movies out of them, like yeah. game movies. It was a YouTube community channel that you started yeah. on first. Yeah, yeah. Do I still have those? Yeah, they do. They're okay. huge. <laughs> They're huge. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I started there. And um, that's how I, I, I learned to edit, first mm-hmm. of all. So I learned to edit through editing my own montages. And then I started diving into graphics a little bit. And um, I started doing... Sorry, just a quick one. Montage being like a... Multiple clips put together. Yeah, of your f- footage. From yeah, your... footage from my game. Yeah, yeah from okay. my gameplay. Cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, so then I started to get more interested in the graphics side. And um, there was a graphics community for the call of duty community so we'd make their their youtube channel um designs back when youtube was really customizable mm. you could have the really personalized like backgrounds we made like um if they were doing like um giveaways or anything we'd make like the content the promotional content for that mm-hmm. so that's where i learned to use photoshop like i'd mm-hmm. watch tutorials and stuff and yeah i just learned to use photoshop which back then was not it's not something that a kid my age should really know mm. so i clocked onto the the digital side of art from from early so how old were you here at this point probably like 13 okay yeah okay. around yeah. 13 so yeah. yeah quite quite a young age and i just continued it just became helpful in everything that i did after so um like like say then making my own youtube channel I could create my own banners and artwork and everything that I needed. Mm-hmm. And then obviously then going on to create brands and whatnot, I could use my own skills. And from then, from 13, I was, you could technically say I was a freelance graphic designer mm. because obviously the people within the community, they would come to me for um, logos, backgrounds, whatever it is. And I would make money off that as well mm. so yeah i was using paypal at 13 i'm pretty sure the first um channel artwork that i had yeah for my channel when it was called star with substance mm. came from you yeah and yeah. you charged me for it but you know <laughs> listen you gotta support i was businesses. a shrewd businessman <laughs> or business boy <laughs> yeah. he was i think it was like 20 quid or something yeah uh, and i got you know a little package yeah you got a full package deal channel artwork for 20 quid um, that's yeah, a bargain it wasn't a bad deal and he did my rebrand as well yeah i did the rebrand i yeah. even did you an intro i did everything yeah, for that to be fair so you know I was a good paying customer But anyway <laughs> So yeah Enterprising from a very young age yeah. So I just wanted to bring in that graphics element mm. Because it feeds into exactly. yeah, it does. The, the later content yeah. um, So let's go to Okay so you've graduated now mm. You're starting up The um, initial ideas yeah. For Apollo Noir mm-hmm. um, You land A graduate role Very quickly it wasn't. Um, it was okay. Go on. Yeah. So, do you okay? It yeah. was quick. It was quick in the grand scheme of life. Yeah. yeah. I can't complain, but 
Okay, so I, I graduated in what? May, April, April, May. No, yeah, May. 2019. Yeah, yeah. May 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, in a sense, it was... And then I got the job in September. Mm-hmm. End of September, that's when I got the job. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a good few months. That's fair. Which it feels longer mm-hmm. when you're in it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, when am I going to get a job? Especially when you start to realise... Uni didn't set me up very well for mm. this, but mm. thank God I had all the other things that I had been doing because yeah. that's what my USP was. It was everything else that I had been doing. It definitely wasn't the fact that I had a degree. Mm. Or a placement, yeah. Yeah, or a placement, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so during that, that period there, it was tough because it was like, <clears throat> not to go too into it, but I just kind of started, I'd got into a relationship so relationships they cost anyways they do not much but you know we'd be lying if we said they're free they're mm. not free they cost as well <laughs> and um birthdays were coming up <laughs> and you know all i was doing was going clubbing on a sunday and then <laughs> the rest of the week i was doing nothing i'll be honest i was with him and yeah. i had work on monday so yeah ask me what i was doing it was a heavy summer but yeah. you know i don't regret it at all because mm. i enjoyed mm. but um I started out looking for jobs half-heartedly, but I was looking for them. Every day I was looking for them, but half-heartedly, not with any real determination or anything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was becoming more and more like, I didn't believe I was going to get a job. So then I started to think, what else do I have? And I had kind of fallen away from the graphic side of things, Mm -hmm. making money from that. But I said, right, let me get a portfolio together. Mm -hmm. With all my work, because at this point I had never actually had that, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, yeah. So um, I got a portfolio together in the form of an Instagram. That that is honestly the mm-hmm. best way to go to show your work. It's so easily accessible. So I started putting stuff up on there, and then I started out just making mock ups again, just practice things, mm-hmm. and then people started coming in again. Bit of money here and there mm-hmm. that held me together until I got that job. But yeah, so then. I got the the graduate job in end of September and um it was it was great. You know, it mm. felt good to know I got the job and I said and they said you start in a couple of weeks. So I had a few more, you know, Sundays to go clubbing <laughs> before I start. And it was like it was the closing of winter and I was like um, of summer, winter was coming. I said, Right, this is good. When I tell you like <laughs> yeah, the first day at that job, oh my days, like like Joe, you know now great people they're great people <laughs> yeah. I, I, and i loved the job i loved being there but the first day it was just because i hadn't been in employment in general mm. in a long time even if it was part-time mm-hmm. and I, I had never done a nine to five mm. i'd never done that kind of shift and so and i've never commuted so <laughs> commuting horrific first day oh my days! i was late because mm. because i didn't anticipate delays on trains mm. so already you're the new guy and now there's delays on trains so you're going in it's not a great start mm. i got in there now and you're black you know. yeah we'll exactly yeah <laughs> so i get in there and um they're, they're nice anyways and whatnot but first day you're doing a lot of learning you're learning about not just about the job but you're learning about being an employee in mm. the corporate world mm-hmm. and it's like it's just a lot it's a lot it's a lot it's and a then, lot so I came out of that first day. I got home and um, I called my girl and I just said, I'm not going to be there next week. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I told her I'm not doing it. I'm quitting. Like it's not worth it. I don't care if I'm broke. <laughs> I was broken, but do you know what? I was being a bit dramatic. <laughs> I was just tired. Yeah, I was just tired. And yeah, the first week was slow. It was long, but after the first week, you're fine. You、mm. just get into it, and then it's just like the weekends just keep coming. They just like the week just flies. Yeah. Like yeah. So, obviously, you're in this role,、mm. um, but you've still got your side hustles going.、Yeah. So now you are kind of a part time entrepreneur. Yeah, we would say.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because you're a full time employee, but、yeah. where the part time comes from, who knows?、Mm. But you work evenings and weekends. Yeah. So where is Apollo Noir now?、Um, what? Why Apollo Noir?、Okay. Why the name?、Yeah. What was the vision behind the brand? Okay, tell me more about that. Yeah. So okay, so the why Apollo Noir? So my middle name is Apollo,、mm-hmm. and I said when I was in my transition, I realized everything I was leaving behind. Transition of business. Oh、well. yeah, transition of business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So brand, yeah, yeah, of branding and business, and、mm. um, everything I was leaving behind, I was leaving behind because it wasn't me.、Mm. So I just wanted to be me now, and I wanted you know everything that I do to be me, so that I can always feel comfortable.、Mm-hmm. Where, whether whatever's going on in my life,、mm-hmm. people are invested in me. Yeah. So the、um, new YouTube channel is called Apollo M,、mm-hmm. which you know we'll get into later. But、um, Apollo Noir, that's my name, and I said. You know, if I'm gonna build something, let me build it behind my name. So then, number one is like, I'm more determined to make it work. Yeah. And number two, it leaves a legacy behind as well.、Mm-hmm. Why noir? Just out of curiosity. Now, obviously, this、yeah. is a black-owned business yeah, segment. Yeah, you know. So I don't know if you were thinking about that at the time, but、mm. just why the word noir? What does that mean to you, or what did、uh, that mean for the business? Um, I think everything in my life has been. Defined or has the skin of my color has impacted it. The color、right? of your skin. The skin of my the color of my skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is black.、Mm. I'm a black. I'm a black man.、Mm. I was gonna say black boy. I'm a black man. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, the, the color black has just always been so potent in my life, and、mm. it's like. Even down to if you look at my wardrobe, it's like eighty five percent black, anyways.、Mm. And it was like to me. There's there's no color like black. Like black will always be a staple,、mm-hmm. and I want my brand to be a staple.、Mm. So it was just you know I could have called it Apollo Black, but you know I just wanted to add some pizzazz. <laughs> you know? I wanted a bit of panache. So <laughs> I, yeah, so I went with noir. I've always liked the word noir. Originally, I was just thinking of calling the brand noir or something noir,、mm-hmm. but um I said I brought it together and it it really it just made sense. And then um. The reason why it really, it really just sunk, and I said, "Yeah, this is it," is because、um, I came up with the slogan for the brand,、mm. and it was、um, the slogan is "We'll stop wearing black when they make a darker color,"、mm. and that it just it just says that the brand is here to stay, like no, Apollo Noir is here to stay, and that's what I wanted. I wanted the next stage of my life to be the rest of my life.、Mm-hmm. So yeah,、um, interesting that you talk about you know color and you know. I guess people's buying patterns.、Mm. Did you find that your um uh items that you had for like Nocturnal London, yeah, Nocturnal London clothing brand, that the black was the better selling item? Like, was、mm. that any part of your yeah, definitely? In terms of the t-shirts and the jumpers,、mm. black was definitely the most. It was the most popular color,、mm. and it's like. 
because you can never go wrong with black mm. black works mm. on everyone <laughs> you know <laughs> like let's oh, talk God. about it you know what I'm saying <laughs> let's get into this it's, it's real it's real you can never go wrong with black and it's like you know when when you want anything in life if you want a car like mm. you first want to see what it looks like in black mm. do you know what I'm saying mm. like that is that is the nice colour and then Phones, then black. You know, like, most things, if you want it to look sleek and whatnot and just professional and just, you know, they always say, you know, the black hairstyles aren't professional, but to me, the colour black is professional. Like, yeah. that is professional. So, yeah, yeah like, black is it's a powerful colour. It's more than just a colour. It means so much more. Mm. And I think that's what I needed to convey in my brand as well. So having that association there it always makes the brand look a lot stronger. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about your network because mm. you, from building your presence on YouTube, yeah. you built quite a big presence on Snapchat. Mm, and yeah. then through all of the, like, going out and socialising and yeah. meeting people, both within the black Uganda community, mm. the UK uh, and, you know, worldwide, yeah. um, I think that was a big part of... Yeah. Um, well, a big driving force behind your sales. Like Definitely, yeah. People obviously, you've built up, built up a big following on social media, mm. but then you also had quite a good network of people in uh, like a WhatsApp group chat. Yeah. Now, yeah. so talk to me about uh, how Snapchat and mm-hmm. how WhatsApp groups yeah, and Twitter, helped. yeah, because um, I see those as your yeah. very good channels for like marketing. Talk yeah. to me about those how you built those up how okay. helpful they are and yeah. what your strategy is across all of those mm. so well, yeah. we'll start with snapchat because i think snapchat was the first um mm. platform that i really thrived on mm. and i found a formula for so i think snapchat i really started to use when i went off to uni mm-hmm. so that's the one that i used to meeting all the students during freshers and whatnot what's your snapchat just pull it in yeah like even if i knew these aren't my type of people like i'm probably not going to speak to them again let me get them on snap because they'll either know what's going on mm-hmm. you know i'll be able to figure out what where all the good places are some way i'll benefit yeah. i always just knew it's a numbers game in this life the more people you have the bigger the circle you have the easier it is to get to places the the easier it is to get things yeah so in uni it was just about i think the main thing was pre-drinks yeah that's that's what i was using it for because <laughs> yeah. i knew if you go to pre-drinks more than likely you're gonna get free drinks you know <laughs> so free drinks are the free drinks. yeah so that's what i i used it for so i said right every time it was me and my friend joel every time we went out we we'd hand out our phones so much getting snaps to the point where one time in the club I'm also giving my phone to someone. Like, yeah, yeah, put your snap in, whatever. And then I completely forgot I'd given it out. Yeah. And then um, it came back to me. At no word of a lie, my phone came back to me. And someone said, yeah, yeah put your snap in this guy's phone. And it was my phone. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so my phone had just been doing the round. Like, they'd been doing pass the parcel, adding up my, um, their snaps. And it was yeah. my turn to add myself. But yeah. I used that and I said, right, let me... It just got to the point where, like, let's see how many followers you can get on Snapchat. Mm. And that helped me then launch my YouTube channel. Okay. Because, yeah, so that was... That's what helped me launch the first YouTube channel and whatnot. It was the foundation behind Snapchat. 
Did Snapchat have the swipe up at that point? No, it didn't even have the swipe okay. up at that point. So okay. it was just screenshot and yeah, I'll send yeah. you the link or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people had been watching me for a while. I'd been entertaining people on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. So they thought, you know, let me go over. And it, it does help to have a foundation there. Mm. Like, I do encourage people to just do what they want to do, but you know be a little bit calculated about it like yeah. and or at least understand that if you don't have that following in the beginning it is going to be a lot harder mm. but um yeah so that was snapchat so what numbers were you doing in terms of views on snapchat on in snapchat. those days yeah so before before youtube yeah i was doing like um 1.2k okay yeah Which is for someone who doesn't have a following elsewhere yeah and that was only in that's what i was doing after like it was about six to eight months okay. at uni. Mm-hmm. And I went to uni with about 59 views. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine. Just, yeah, just how heavy I was networking. But um, yeah, so that was that. And then in terms of WhatsApp, it was yeah. like, um, like you said, we had a group chat. So this group chat started last year, actually. Mm-hmm. So it was a group chat full of young Ugandans. And at this point, I, I entered it not really knowing anyone apart from my brother. Mm-hmm. But through my YouTube channel and whatnot that I'd grown over that time, people kind of knew me. Mm-hmm. But obviously everyone had their assumptions about me mm-hmm. based on my old content, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. And um, yeah, so it was a thing of everyone thought I was going to come in there and be a certain type of way. But I've, I've faced that a lot, you mm-hmm. know, in my life and that a lot of people... Yeah, they stereotype me and judge me based off what they see, which fair enough, it's what I put out there. Mm. But I think once everyone, once you meet me one on one, you realize, okay, there's a lot more to this guy, and he's actually a very friendly guy, just Mm. you know, just a very down to earth cool guy. I hope that's what people think, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, so I got in there and I just started to. I I I amped up the group chat, like you know, I really got conversations going, Mm -hmm. and um, I just started to just banter with different people and one thing that i always say is you want to make everyone feel a little bit special when mm. you meet them you know just build a little small bond like be be nice to everyone you meet as well and don't feel as though just because you don't know someone mm. you can't go over and say hello and just just be a cool friendly person and this is in business and in life yeah in business and in life yeah. particularly important for business for definitely you. definitely yeah. it's been it's been my like my template for mm-hmm. everything is the reason why I've been able to do anything that I've really said I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's because I know that I've got so many people around me that they, you know, they like me for me and they'll support me. Whether it be reposting something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it is or buying something. Yeah. And I'll put it down to this, like, we always hear the thing of your friends and whatnot. They don't actually buy your stuff and whatnot. They don't support you. Mm. It's always those external people that support you more. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm lucky enough to say all the people around me, they actually do support me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without asking, I'm not the type of person to ask, but if I put something out, people are reposting it, retweeting it, whatever it may be. Mm. And it's like, it's, it's only because... I make the conscious effort to, you know, to go that extra mile with every single person that I meet and talk to. So support, you touched on something like that. So that Mm. group was a great support network for sharing your content, for buying your um, Mm. uh, products from your clothing line, Apollo Noir. And um, I guess also to just 
get out there into the UK Ugandan community yeah. who are would you say that they make up a, a good chunk of your buying customers? Um, no, they actually don't. Mm. Funny enough, but um, Other, would you say that they are quite good at helping you to get the word out when you got a yeah, new content? Yeah, new definitely. D- yeah, one thing about the UK Ugandan community is whatever it is it doesn't matter what it is they're pushing it mm. especially the people from that group chat if you were within that community when it was you know really doing this thing mm. it doesn't even matter now that no one really talks in that group chat mm. whenever someone from that group chat posts something mm. everyone is pushing it like the other day a girl she said she's starting um to do braids and stuff mm-hmm. her page got like 200 followers on instagram in less than a day just mm. because everyone's reposting it mm-hmm. And I think that's it shows the importance of actually being nice to people and not being afraid to be in communities. Like, so many people nowadays, there's this whole cool thing of, uh, you know, I just keep myself to myself. I don't want to be bait, you know. I don't want to, you know, oh, you're too friendly. You know too many people. Too mm. many people know your face. And I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. But you're going to gain more from knowing a lot of people and being friends with a lot of people then you will gain with keeping yourself to yourself. Your network is your network, exactly. as they say. There it is. And I think building communities, which you did mm-hmm. there, and building yeah. a network, which mm. you did, um, is a really, is a key part. I'm not saying it's the reason for your success, yeah. but it's a key part of Very why key. people will continue to support your success yeah. and push you further. Definitely. Um, let's go back to Snapchat, because mm. you said something about screenshotting. Yeah. Um. And it's a technique that I've seen you use quite a bit in terms mm. of pushing your content out there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the screenshot share mm. method that you use when you're plugging your new um, products okay, yeah. or launches or new content. Yeah. So, so just give me a quick. Mm, so what I would normally do, um, I'll, I'll keep it to Apollo Noir actually. Mm. So like, let's say I've got a new product coming out. Um, in the beginning, actually, I would. Um, I'd, I'd basically put up like a little preview or something, like mm-hmm. a little promo picture. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say in the group chat, yeah, this is a new thing, guys. Feel free to repost it. Mm-hmm. And then it was me who kind of started it because I was the one who was really, I was the first one doing something yeah. like a hustle, yeah. basically, in that group chat. Mm-hmm. So then it got to a point where I didn't even have to ask. Whenever I post a preview, it's very clear. Mm. It's like a promo clip or whatever it is. People just message me or send me this mm. so I can repost it. Yeah. And then... Um, on Snapchat. Yeah, on Snapchat. Yeah. And even on their Instagram stories, mm. whatever it was. But mm-hmm. yeah, so people would... Um, they'd screenshot it and then they'd they'd at my snap. Mm-hmm. So then I was gaining even more followers, but now based off of Apollo Noir yeah. or the events, whatever it was. So, um, yeah, so that started happening. And then people started to see, and this is the good thing, people started to see I was doing something mm-hmm. and the people around me were supporting it. Mm-hmm. And those same people were around them. So a lot of people in the beginning, they're scared to do something because they're not sure if they're going to get that support. Mm-hmm. So, but once they started to see, okay, people are supporting, I started to see a lot more people coming out with their side hustles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But first they'd come to me and they'd speak to me and they'd say, oh yeah, I want to do this. I just wanted to know, what do you think and whatnot? I say, and I just said to everyone that came to me, I said, listen, just go for it. I'm going to be here to support. And funny enough, it's, it's funny how things work. A lot of the time people, they love to support something that has clout behind it Mm. and 
within some clout, mm, i.e., lots of views or yeah, that, uh, some uh, some, some sort really of backing. Well yeah, or, that has yeah. yeah. So obviously within that community, mm. I was kind of like one of the well-known figures. Mm. So if I I said, listen, I'll post it up, and I'm sure other people will mm-hmm. because I knew once they see me reshare something of someone they know, they will as well. Yeah, and that that method really worked and that's how um the ugandan community especially has been a lot of people have been able to now start up their side hustles and whatnot and that's how we've been working really and interestingly enough a lot mm. of the people that started their side hustles yeah some of them are now your graphics clients exactly yeah yeah, a, a, yeah quite a few of them now they've come to me for logos or whatnot and again it just shows the importance of um, building that bond and then having them just following you on socials so mm. they can see everything you do and this is the one thing i say everything you do make sure it's known and it's out there because mm-hmm. you never know where your customer can be yeah they they could be watching so make sure you make it very clear everything that you do let's talk about twitter because mm. or twitter <laughs> yeah twitter's the new one yeah, yeah so you've had a lot of success on twitter recently yeah. from what i've seen Hmm. um we'll get to instagram yeah um so oh gosh we've got a lot to get to <laughs> so let's let's do twitter to start yeah, with so i think when quick. you relaunched yeah. apollo m your mm-hmm. youtube channel um mm. under your new brand name mm. um you you found well it's just before that i think yeah. you got a lot of vi- virality or yeah. viral um tweets yeah um so tell us about that and how mm. you then used it to plug your businesses yeah. okay so funny enough i never used to like twitter at all i was mm. one of them people who came on twitter didn't like it didn't understand it and came off it yeah. for years mm-hmm. and then last year mm-hmm. i came back on it mm-hmm. so um i came back on only had about 50 followers something like that mm-hmm. they didn't know how to use it at all but again it's all it's all connected it's all a chain effect so with the WhatsApp group, um, everyone was putting in their socials and stuff. Yeah. So I just said, yeah, yeah, everyone, what's everyone's Twitter? Mm. Got everyone's Twitter. And then the first viral tweet mm-hmm. was a, I made a thread for yeah. Ugandans. Yeah. Because I knew majority of my Twitter followers were Ugandans. Mm-hmm. So I made a thread and just said, everyone post your pictures, let's mm-hmm. find other Ugandans, basically. And then with the few Ugandan followers I had, they retweeted and whatnot. And that one, it blew. Mm. And I just said to myself, right, just follow everyone. Everyone that interacts with it, follow them. Mm -hmm. Especially if they're Ugandan Mm. because they have that sort of connection already. So, again, I was just building, like, a a database of people that I know would interact with me and connect with me. Mm -hmm. People that, you know, they they find a similarity with me. So, I built up my following a little bit. Then I started putting out tweets. I started to tweet the way that I would speak. Yeah. And um, yeah, like people loved the content. A couple um, tweets went viral here and there. A few and of them made it to some Instagram. Yeah. Well, no, an Instagram page. Yeah, made them to like, I'm just bait, um, Hackney's finest. Um, a lot of other big ones that people probably don't know about mm-hmm. because they're like American ones. But um yeah, a lot of my listeners are American. Okay, so, so there's a page called the Quan that has like mm-hmm. ten million followers. Mm-hmm. One made it onto there, um, one made it onto World Star Hip Hop as well, actually. Oh wow! Yeah, so like, and a lot of them were being obviously you posted on. So like, if one made it on there, yeah, 
a lot of the pages will then thing it, will then post it. Yeah. Yeah. So my my Twitter following just started to grow and I realized whenever I tweet about something that's related a bit to me and it goes viral, follow everyone. Mm-hmm. That's the trick, follow everyone. So I just yeah. And do they follow back? Yeah, Twitter's yeah. everyone's a bit more free on Twitter. It's yeah. not so vain like I don't want to yeah, be following too many people. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Everyone's just like, right, you, you seem like good people, so let me follow you back. Yeah. So um yeah, I started doing that and my Twitter following just grew and grew and grew. And I'm at the point now where it's at like seven thousand. So it's yeah. surpassed my Instagram, mm. which I've been using for years. Mm-hmm. But um And then so you post if a tweet goes viral or you mm. think it's going to go viral, do yeah. you post your brand, your Instagram? Yeah. What do you post under that? Tweet? Okay, so funny enough, okay, this is where I really started to utilise Twitter. Mm. First started out. So I relaunched my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And then I said to myself, do you know what, if I'm going to do this, let me really push it properly. Mm-hmm. And let me try use Twitter, which I hadn't used before. Mm-hmm. But I had seen the power of how easily things can go viral in there. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd create little clips from my YouTube videos put it on twitter just like the best bits mm-hmm. and um because you know the people i was interacting with again they connected with me they just retweeted it and shared yeah. they shared so i had like little clips that got over a hundred thousand on twitter mm-hmm. and that's what helps me grow my youtube channel so i started a whole new one yeah um but yeah i grew it so native video so native as in you post a video directly on twitter yeah as a preview for the yeah, video as a preview works really well because people share it yeah. and people are more likely to go yeah, to the full intrigued. video yeah they're exactly yeah I see and um, okay. yeah I grew my um, I'd always put the link to the full video below mm-hmm. and then um, within a month I had got like 2k subscribers mm-hmm. back like from, from scratch, scratch. Yeah, yeah from scratch which is very good to get in a month when you're starting out which obviously if you didn't have a plan beforehand is not likely to happen mm. but um i started to realize okay if this works with youtube let me actually use it for my actual brand mm. like so 2.2k subscribers on youtube yeah. 7.7 7, 7, 7k, 7K on, on twitter, twitter. Uh, yeah um what about snapchat does it show you f- followers anymore no it shows it shows views views. yeah my standard views are like 1.8 now okay yeah so let's go to instagram because we're just talking about social media marketing how you push your brands and then once we've done instagram we'll talk a bit about what your brands are okay yeah um so instagram Mm. um how would would you say that you use instagram more as a portfolio of your work or mm. of your videos or how yeah. do you use instagram so instagram i have my main page mm-hmm. and i just i use that as a very personal page it's yeah. just it's selfies you know <laughs> videos of me that's that's, <laughs> that's all that really is but yeah. i obviously i use instagram as almost like um so that for my clothing brand i almost used instagram as my website yeah before i built a website so mm-hmm. it was there to show the products to show everything and whatnot mm-hmm. Um, before I'd built the website and um, then from there it was kind of like I'd have to convert DMs into sales okay yeah which it, it worked which was it was good the The benefit of it is that you are in communication with every single customer mm-hmm. which I think is very key in the beginning because mm-hmm. again you're building that bond you're building um, customer loyalty which 
um, customer retention is actually where I make most of my money. Returning customers. Yeah, from yeah. returning customers, not actually new customers. Returning customers, especially if you build a good bond, they'll buy everything that you put out. Yeah. Because uh, they, and they trust in the product. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll definitely say there's no rush to get a website, guys. Don't feel as though if you don't have a website, your brand's not professional. Mm-hmm. No, it's about the building that connection with the customers initially. So for you, initially, Instagram was like a like a shop front so yeah it was like exactly, you see yeah. what if you see something you like here's my paypal yeah exactly purchase, yeah purchase like that yeah. yeah cool and then um obviously with the i also used it as a portfolio for the graphic stuff mm-hmm. which was also good because again i can show everything that i've done show what i'm capable of but they have to dm me mm-hmm. to then you know get their services done whatever they need done but you get to communicate through Instagram, talk to them, make sure you get it right and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah it's like you get that because you don't usually get it online because it's just you have a website, people go on the website, they buy and that's it, they're gone. Mm-hmm. You don't actually talk to them, so you don't get to build nothing with them. Mm-hmm. You kind of get it through Instagram. That's the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, Instagram has never... Of all of the social media platforms I've used, even though Instagram has been, there's been high engagement on it, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen, like, I've ever seen it grow my business, in a sense, if you get what I'm saying, any of my businesses or, or brands or anything, I think a lot of it has grown and then it's gone to Instagram, Mm -hmm. so, like, people have found out about it elsewhere, you know, I've built um, the relationships elsewhere and then they just go and follow and yeah would you say that's because you started with those other channels yeah i think rather so than instagram yeah and maybe it's got something to do with your audience or like your the, your target market mm. um are they instagram users are i they, think they yeah, are that's yeah. the thing yeah i think a lot most people are instagram users to mm. be fair mm. so i don't know what it is i think but in recent times so like uh, by recent times i literally mean the last month mm like um instagram has started to become a lot more powerful for me mm-hmm. um especially with this whole um black business movement yeah that's been going on you see it on twitter and whatnot and um people say they put threads and they say just post your black business mm-hmm. and funny enough i don't tend to post mine but all my friends they they like post it on mm-hmm. their people that i know they're just posting it on their people that know i have a business they're posting it under these threads mm-hmm. and then other people are seeing and then you know because I've got um my pinned tweet is my brand. Mm. So it all links back to my Instagram. So, yeah. And that leads back to... User-generated use, content? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a form of it in that because I've built these bonds with people and some of these people I haven't even spoken to about business, they're not customers or anything, mm. but they're just people that like me. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go out there. They, they, no one, No one's told you to go and put my brand underneath a thread mm. but the fact that people have thought about me mm-hmm. it's because i've built that bond it's because i've been nice to people and i can't stress enough guys that people they'll try and make it seem as if being too friendly is is a bad thing or anything or being too known it's probably the most powerful thing powerful tool that i've had in my life when it comes to business mm. it's the fact that i'm known and i'm just friendly to everyone that i meet so yeah, so for you, I guess the your biggest tool mm. from what you're saying is you are the person behind uh, all of your brands. Yeah. And people 
essentially they buy into you. Exactly, yeah. So, and and that doesn't always work for everybody mm. because different personalities blend with other with different personalities. Yeah. You know, not everybody's going to vibe with you. But I think one of your biggest selling points is that people buy into you. Yeah. And, you know, your brand mm. essentially become you know but you've you've kind of gone beyond that you yeah know, you are no longer solely your brand you yeah. have other brands that exactly sit underneath that but people buy into and you yeah and also when people buy into you if you've done one thing that's that's gone well that's worked well mm-hmm. that's of good quality mm. people are going to believe that everything else you do mm. is going to be of a high standard which is why it's like so for me I started out with the graphics. Before Apollo Noir launched, I started out with the graphics. Mm-hmm. I was doing graphics to a higher standard. People were buying into me. And so when I then launched my clothing brand, I didn't have no pictures of no real pictures mm. of the actual clothes. Mm-hmm. Like I'd never, you know, I, I had already sold everything before I'd even bought it. Mm-hmm. So it was it was more to do with people trusted in me. Yeah. And they trusted that, okay, everything he's produced up to this point it's has quality. been of quali- a quality standard. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I will buy into something I haven't actually, a product I actually haven't even seen yet. Mm. Which is crazy to think that I had sold out before I'd even actually created anything physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about um, how you market a new drop or yeah. a new launch or a new line mm. um for the clothing line for a Apollo Noir. Yeah. Um you've now got a website. Yeah. Which is very recent. Yeah, very uh, recent. Um which is excellent. Mm. People can purchase on online and yeah. you know through a portal and it's all safe and it's mm. all great. Um but let's talk about your like marketing strategy because from what I see yeah uh, and that's a big word yeah because we as marketers we love to throw around these big words yeah. but really it's just about pushing product exactly yeah not in you know not in that sense yeah. <laughs> legal product <laughs> um what is your strategy so what things do you do to mm. sell out okay mm. so um i'll start with what my strategy was before mm. so when you know i was just starting out mm-hmm. which will help a lot of people mm-hmm. And it'll help me as well. <laughs> but um, I started out, like like I said, because I do graphics, I was able to create strong visual representations of mm-hmm. what the T-shirts will look like. Mm-hmm. Like I was able to create that so people saw what it looks like. And then what I would also do is... um, Actually, so then, yeah, so they'd have like... I'd design a T-shirt and whatnot, put the design on a T-shirt, put it out there so people saw, this is what it's going to look like on a T-shirt. Yeah. But... Like I said, I do it to a high standard so it looks good. And, and when you say to a high standard, I'd yeah. just like to jump in and say, you know, you can see a design of a T-shirt. Mm. In your mind, you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, it just is a drawing of yeah. a T-shirt. But actually, the visuals are quite key because yeah. they look like there's a body in yeah, Exactly, them, yeah. But without using a body mm. in It's them. 3D. Yeah. And it also doesn't yeah. look like it's a 2D, like I've just slapped the 2D design onto a 3D top. Mm. It literally looks like this has been modelled on a person yeah. and this is the actual top. Mm-hmm. So if you need that service, get at me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I had, because I knew I didn't have the product there, I have to make it as easy as possible for people to know exactly what they're buying. Mm. So that's the first thing. So with that, I created that and then I had my close following, mm-hmm. which was like, let's say, let's call it the Young Ugandans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had them. 
those are the people who could support me because they knew me a bit more. Mm. So they knew, all right, let's just support him, let's trust in him mm-hmm. at the beginning. Mm. And that was then, that then made it um, easy for me to then sell out the first batch, which would be like maybe um, 20 t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd get my own. Now, what I would do is then I would just snap myself wearing it, mm-hmm. whether it is day to day, just show it off and whatnot. Other people, when they get theirs, they're wearing them, taking pictures. I'm posting it. Now people are starting to see, okay, this is real. Mm. And Snapchat was key here. I was mm-hmm. using Snapchat, posting it on Snapchat. I wasn't posting it as much on Instagram, but it's because I knew Snapchat is where my foundation was. Yeah. Let me first start there to build the brand. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's how I was able to then sell another batch after because now mm. people knew, okay, this is a real product. This is what it looks like. It looks it's good. sold out. Yeah, it's sold out. Exactly. Yeah. I could sell out before... It, i'd even got the products and then um so yeah that's how the marketing strategy started however it all changed for me that's what i was doing for a long period of time mm-hmm. but then it all changed when um, i have a friend called marvin films he's great check mm-hmm. him out on instagram just type in marvin films but um he just said to me listen i want to try something new i want to create some content for a clothing brand because mm-hmm. he usually films weddings and so he came to me and he said, yeah, let's work together. Mm-hmm. So we worked together and we put together a little, it was only like a 15 second clip, mm. but it was a promo clip of a t-shirt that I had already been selling mm. and some jeans that I had already been selling. Mm-hmm. But we put together a professional video and we also got some pictures out of it as well. It was very well done. Yeah, yeah. very well done. I'll link it below yeah. if you guys want to see it. And so, um, so we put that together and then we put it out there. And then the demand for that T-shirt and those jeans just shot up. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was nothing like I'd experienced before. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like, that's when I realised, okay, creating real content, like actually having the product there, seeing it and whatnot, mm. it, it brings a different kind of demand. Yeah. And um, so then I then posted that on Twitter. That video then did numbers as well. Mm. And um People then started asking, where was the website? Where can I get this? And yeah. what not? Let's talk about those numbers. Because, mm. you know, I, mean, I love you the numbers. Love numbers, yeah. So, you know, we talked about some of your viral tweets mm. and some and some of your videos. So, yeah. like, that video, for example. Yeah, so that one got, I think, 40k views. Yep. In... Uh, and then some of your threads. Yeah, so... Um, like, in terms of retweets and likes. Okay, so um, let's talk, so, like, for my business. Or, or anything yeah. oh okay yeah well, but okay. look we can focus on business yeah. Want, yeah so the business one so i posted a tweet about my business about my brand um just talking about i'd been working on it during quarantine that got like 3k retweets mm-hmm. which is uh, if you think about how many people that's reaching the impressions it's ridiculous because 3k yeah. retweets on a video that's probably about 150k views yeah. on on twitter mm. so that's what we were reaching yeah um some of my friends they got about 5k retweets upwards i had tweets that i'd post that would in fact i posted one tweet and it was to do with um it was to do with like self-learning and Mm. Mm self-development i forgot what the tweet no it was something like i'm sorry to disturb your scrolling but if you're reading this i hope um you enjoy the rest of your quarantine time and you come up with a new skill something like that Mm -hmm. and that one got like i think i think it was like 100k retweets Mm -hmm. That one blew. Yeah. And as soon as it did, I put the link to my YouTube channel underneath it, mm-hmm. which was, um, uh, I think it was a video on 
learn how to be alone. So again, okay. it's to do with, um, you know, learning about the self, self-development and whatnot. I talk about that in it. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just all about connecting everything together, making it very easy for people to find everything you do. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, a lot of the times people think I'm just tweeting for the sake of it, but I'm a lot more calculated than people think. A lot of yeah. the what I say, I know is going to get a reaction and I know I can link it to something. It all comes back to me and it will benefit me in some way, whether it's the clothing brand, whether it's um, graphic design, whether it's a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But I realise Twitter is... And I think at this point, Twitter might be, to me, the most powerful platform mm. for growing whatever it is you're doing, Yeah, if you use it correct. So let's talk about self-development, self-improvement, because mm. um, what you also started then yeah. is um, an Instagram page that yeah. posts motivational quotes, mm-hmm. Apollo's Laws, yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. So let's talk about how important to you, Yeah. briefly if you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm yeah. loving the content. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> because just as we wrap up, let's mm. talk about how important self-development, personal development, reading, whatever... Mm has been for you yeah okay um so we'll start it off by saying i've always hated reading mm. always disliked books like uh, to be honest i might be dyslexic guys we don't know <laughs> we honestly don't know but <laughs> he I will might take the be. test yeah well, he should pay for it though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but um so i've never liked it but i always knew and you'd always hear it you know books they have so much knowledge and power in them mm-hmm. unfortunately for me i just never connected with them until january january i learned about audiobooks yeah like, i knew about them before but i didn't know you can get them off youtube for free mm. so they there's a great tip for you youtube yeah. audiobooks they're there mm-hmm. so um i started out with um, um rich dad poor dad which funny enough i had bought the book when i was when i was in uganda the first time so when i was like yeah. 10 i bought that book and rich kid smart kid yeah. as well i bought both of them mm-hmm. but i realized man i'm not very good at reading <laughs> it took me like a week to get through a, that two pages yeah. so you know i didn't really get through it but um yeah so i took on the audio book and um i started listening to it whilst i was at work and this is where i say guys i know you've got nine to five you're studying get it in where you can mm. fit it in around and audiobooks is they're great for that on your travels whether it may be but whilst i was at work i'm at my desk i'm doing work i've got youtube in the background i'm listening to these audiobooks and it just started to expand my mind and i started to like just learn so much and i thought to myself man if, i wish i could read because if <laughs> i could read and i clocked that this is the power that one book can have mm. i would be in a completely different place but i literally from january till about march i went through like 10 books so um shall i name a few yeah yeah, yeah please do so let me quickly let me just go through my list because yeah. there's some good ones in here that i would definitely recommend we will link all of these books down below yeah. and they will be affiliate links so a small percentage of the sale of those books if you buy them <laughs> will go to me right so um i've i've been through rich dad poor dad mm-hmm. think and grow rich Richest man in Babylon. George something. Yeah. Clarkson or whatever, yeah. Rich dads increase your financial IQ. That's a good one. Um, Also Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki. He's the man. Yeah. Greatest salesman in the world. Mm. Um, 
and um, before you quit your job. And this is the, that's the last book that I was, it's crazy, I was listening yeah. to before you quit your job whilst I was at work. Yeah. And when I told you, don't thank God that I did. Not because, you know, you know, now I don't have a job. Mm. No. <laughs> I, you know, I could hold another job, I'll be honest. <laughs> but because if I hadn't had taken in those books, it doesn't matter if I was doing Apollo Noir, whatever it was. If I hadn't have taken in those books, mm-hmm. I would not be mentally ready to be in a position where I don't have a nine to five salary mm. and that is one of the hardest things um go with knowing that you're not going to have a paycheck at the end of the month yeah that stability mm. and if um because of coronavirus my my um my contract was terminated yeah so i was just like i would have been like oh god but you know what <laughs> happened when i got the news that my contract was terminated i said all right and then i called my manufacturer and i said i want 200 t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> which is a very strange thing yeah. for a normal functioning person mm. to do but this is the mind of an entrepreneur exactly the word entrepreneur means yep. risk taker exactly let's got to carry on with that yeah I'd love to hear that yeah so basically what the books taught me is that a lot of the time it's not that we can't do things it's that we're too scared to do them mm. we're too scared to take risks and whatnot and a lot of time it's not risk it's just once you do it you realize this was the right move and when I tell you, buying those 200 t-shirts, it was the best move I could make. Because before that, I was doing little orders here and there. I'd do, you know, 20 orders, then another 20, maybe 30. But 200 after I just lost my job. <laughs> 200 orders. That's a lot of money going out yeah. and not knowing when my next money is coming in. But I imagine you were like, I have to sell these. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sell them. And sure thing, I did. Yeah. Like, I I sold them. And without... It wasn't even difficult. It was just... And the crazy thing is, I should have known to do it earlier. But it's like... It's because I didn't want to take that risk. And because I was in my comfort zone, which Mm. was my Mm 9-to-5. I knew because I'm my 9-to-5, I don't have to make these big purchases and make all this money elsewhere. Because I've got money coming in here. So I can make these safe bets and whatnot. But I didn't... I wasn't, you know, fulfilling my full potential at the time. And so after I made that move and it worked, I then said, you know what? All this knowledge I've taken in that's actually worked... I need to get it out there. And my focus switched from making money to just informing people and changing lives and, Mm. you know, bringing information. So it started with the Instagram. So the Instagram even started before the YouTube channel. But yeah, 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 it started with the Instagram, Apollo Laws. And I just put up like little quotes I'd get from books, little quotes that I'd write down myself. Like sometimes I'd I'd be talking to uh, my girlfriend and I'm just giving her advice and... Like, I would just drop gems and I'm like, right, that's pretty good stuff. <laughs> like, that sounds pretty good. So yeah. I write it down in my notes and, yeah, I just started posting this stuff. And and it's not just, you know, because, again, you're using your skills, you're using your graphic design yeah. skills to create these shareable images. Exactly, yeah. That's the key thing here mm. that you do. You create stuff that people can share. Yeah. People love to post things on their stories now. Mm, That's the do. new thing. They yeah. see a post they like, a quote they like, they share mm-hmm. it on their stories, if it is designed well. If it is designed well. Mm. And on top of that, it's like, the crazy thing about the, the inspirational page is that a lot of people, they're in need of inspiration. Mm. And they read these things and they're like, it makes so much sense to them. But it's just the fact that you know, they, they couldn't put it into words, number one. Mm. And number two, 
they're not sure they're in a place where they're not sure if they should take that next step and that post can help them mm. and that's that's all i really wanted to do because there were so many people that were seeing the change in me from reading the books and a lot of people were asking me um you know give me your knowledge what can i do what are you doing and this that and the other and it's like the best way i could put it out was in these bite-sized shareable images with just words on them that you know they made sense to me or they helped me in some way or they ignited the motivation in me whatever it was and so that's what that page was about it was just about i was in a place where i was like i have all this knowledge like i need i need to share it mm. i need to help people um, and we're talking about being a black yeah um business owner mm-hmm. um and black entrepreneurship yeah um how important has your race um, and your experience as a black male, you know, been in shaping mm. your, you know, your path to entrepreneurship and your business success? Yeah. Like, okay, so would you say that there's a, a link to how you operate in business based on, you know, your race and your experiences and your upbringing and that kind of thing? I think there, there there wasn't up until I got into my graduate job. Mm. Um, and it made me realise things in the past as well, which is that whenever I've been in the workplace, mm. though I'm a very universal person in the sense that I can get on with almost anyone, mm-hmm. I can get on with people, that doesn't mean I feel comfortable in yeah. environments. And not it's nothing to do with, like, you know... Like, for example, my graduate job, they did all they could to make me feel comfortable. Mm. They, they were great, lovely people. But unfortunately for me, as a, a black guy who, you know, I'm a black guy. And in that environment, I just wasn't comfortable. I couldn't be myself. Mm. If I'm being honest, I couldn't be myself. Mm. Which is why they would even say when they saw, say, my, my social medias, if they came across it or whatever, they'd say, oh, I never expected you to be like this. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because I'm not being me in this office. I'm yeah. not. And one thing that I learned very quickly is that it doesn't matter how nice, you know, white people are. That You know, there's so many nice white people out there. It doesn't matter. It's not... It's not my environment anyways. Mm. It's not mine personally. You're a, a minority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I can't and I, I can't feel comfortable there. I can't be myself. It, and it's not because they're not allowing me to, mm. but it's just because, yeah. if we're being honest, the way the world works, you're going to have to whitewash yourself mm. in, in that environment. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you've, you've got to do it to get along, unfortunately. And by whitewash, I guess you kind of mean like toning down yeah, parts of your personality, exactly. you know. Parts of who I am who as a person. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because they won't understand it to a certain degree as well. They won't understand it. So you've got to keep it very simple for them, yeah. in a sense. Which is, and it's like, it's nothing to do with them. It's just the way we are. And people can say, no, just be yourself. Easier said than done. Yeah. I'll tell you that. It's Especially easier in said the than done. World. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was I think part of my why now is I want to be able to create businesses where people like me, young black boys like me, black women like, not like me, but you know, <laughs> black women <laughs> yeah. can feel comfortable. And I'm not saying I'm only going to hire black people, but mm. it'd be nice to go to work and feel like you're at home, mm. you know, which is what I saw with all of 
the colleagues there they're coming into work and it's like they just feel at home and mm. it's not that they didn't make me feel like they didn't try to make me feel at home but I can't feel at home I can't yeah I can't in an environment where yeah so definitely being a black guy it, it, it motivated me more to get out of the corporate world in that sense mm. and create you know businesses for the corporate world that people from my background mm. can be comfortable in mm. that's so important because mm. i think even as a collective of siblings we always talk about how amazing it would be if we could all go to work together yeah working in office exactly. together yeah because we you almost don't think about the part of you that can thrive mm. um, in an environment where you feel completely at home yeah you're bringing your full self to work <sighs> the sky is the limit exactly exactly which you've been able to find in entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. um so i guess to close um given the events of the past few weeks yeah um not the past few weeks Mm. let's be honest that's these um you know police brutality racism um Mm. violence that is racially charged yeah um it's been going on for you know all, all, all of time mm. <laughs> as far as we know but in the past couple of weeks we've seen the black lives matter movement um yeah, and at its peak yeah. in terms of other groups of people talking about mm. it so what would you say what would you give as your parting thoughts for up and coming black business owners black entrepreneurs yeah. or just young black men and women yeah coming coming up in the world yeah i think um this connects to black business and to the black lives matter movement and Mm. that is um don't do something out of convenience and then lose the consistency and that is that okay right now this black lives matter movement it's very easy to do because it's convenient in a sense that you know coronavirus is around people at home so they Mm. can get out they can go march and whatnot Mm. but let's not just do it for a week we have to stay consistent if we want to make a big change a big impact Mm. you have to be consistent Mm. and that even goes that goes into business Mm. a lot of people they start their businesses because they love the idea they have it's you know it's it seems like the idea is all that they need and it's convenient to Mm. just have a good idea but when it gets to now day in day out you have to put in work you know you have to be talking to customers manufacturers that's when the consistency comes in Mm -hmm. and you have to convert from that convenience to consistency that's how you make a big impact in um in business and i feel like yes black owned businesses we need more of them we need to support them more but we hold those businesses to the same standard as every business Mm. so that means as the business owner just because, um, you know, these are people who you feel like you know or you can connect to, don't give them any less of a service. And as a customer, supporting a black business does not mean, uh, yeah, I'm going to support them, but what discount can you give me? Because I'm like, no, <laughs> full price, because you'll go and you'll buy that Chanel bag for like three bags or however, three thousand pounds that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> however, however much a Chanel bag is. But then you want discount on a t-shirt that is £40. And it's like, no, we have to give that same energy because as a community, the power that we have, what we can do is crazy. But let's not now think just because 
we're doing it for each other we don't have to do it to the same standard or whatnot no if anything we have to be even better now now we have to we have to make sure the standards are higher for our people and we have to support even harder for our people mm. love that mm. love that so yeah i guess it's been a great conversation i've definitely learned a lot mm. um just about you about your story and also about social media marketing mm. in entrepreneurship and in business yeah i'm gonna link everywhere that people can find you um in the note the what's it called the episode notes um as they call it in the podcast world um so you can check him out there but where can people find you um best places to find me are on twitter Mm -hmm. and instagram um both ats are m-u-w-n-g-e those are my personals and then obviously my brand apollo noir on instagram is apollo noir.co the website is www.apollonoir.co.uk we got a website now guys <laughs> and um but yeah if you just go on my personal page you will literally see in my bio the links to everything that i do even down to my events page which we didn't really talk about oh yes yeah. we really didn't but, um you know we'll leave that for maybe another day yeah. i'll be back well i guess that is a joint endeavor yeah so what i'll probably do mm. um is get you back on with rio yeah um to talk about um events yeah and the events mm-hmm. industry the impact of the coronavirus mm. um starting up um an events company yeah. um and the entertainment industry as a whole yeah. um but thank you so much thank you. um i have been Nadrine. This has been the Grown Folks Podcast. Uh, So Um, thank you so much for listening. Please do uh, come and check me out on my other channels, which will also be linked in the episode notes. And um, let me know if you would like to have um, Mr. Apollo himself back again (laughs) on any of my other channels or on here. Uh, And we can definitely do a follow-up episode. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for being on. Take care, everyone.